you do well to ignore every voice that speaks down upon the goodness of God. For you see, whether you feel it or not, his goodness remains the same. And so you do not walk according to your feelings, but in line with the truth of God's word. He says his good creation says it. Uh -huh. Oh, even redemption declares the goodness of God. Uh, and so you can sing it all day long. Uh, oh, and you can sing it all day long. Uh, you can sing it all day long. Uh, not paying attention uh, to the feelings of the flesh. Uh, not paying attention uh, to the feelings of the flesh. Uh, not paying attention to the words that come from the outside. Shot like arrows by the enemy. Oh, but you see, uh, with the word of God standing as a garrison in your heart. Uh, oh, his peace rules. Uh, and you can say, uh, oh, without a shadow of a doubt, uh, oh, whether I feel it or not, uh, God is good to me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We praise your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Things. Um, um, what I, I have titled Bible Sense. And common sense. Amen. Bible sense and common sense. Don't get tired of hearing this. Okay? Praise God. On singleness, marriage, divorce, and remarriage. Amen. That's an interesting one, isn't it? We want to pack it all together. Praise God. So if you are single, you will not hear. If you are married, you will not hear. If you are divorced, you must hear. If you are remarried, you must hear. So know that if you are not a, if you are a child, you shouldn't hear. Okay. So if you think you are not a child, just make sure you hear. Praise God. If you have been old, if you are old in marriage like daddy. How many years is your wedding marriage now, Daddy? Almost 50 years. Jesus is Lord. Almost as old as me. <laughs> 50 years. Daddy, let me, let me shake your hands. Thank you for keeping the faith. <laughs> Praise God. Because some people are ready to bail out after two years. Mm. Praise God. So we want to cover quite a number of things. Every Sunday we teach about this. And on Wednesday too, Pastor UT, what's his nickname? Beloved Doctor, have you? <laughs> He'll be taking us, uh, and Pastor Shade will be taking us on, on Wednesdays. So let's, let's not miss it. Praise God. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask, oh God, that um, you will teach us, you will instruct us. Father, those who are joining us online also, everyone, let your word prevail in our hearts. Let it break barriers. Let it solve problems. Let it bring instructions in righteousness. Every stronghold 
in the area of marriage in the minds of men, let it be broken down. Every bondage, let it be destroyed. In the name of Jesus, we walk in the liberty of our redemption. Thank you, Father, for the sounds of beautiful relationships and marriages that is in the air. Thank you, Father. There is fruitfulness. I come against every onslaught of the devil, against marriages in this assembly. In the name of the Lord Jesus, the knowledge of God's word breaks such holes in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Amen. Okay. Um, from the book of Genesis, we see God institute marriage. Okay? We see God institute marriage. However, since the fall of man, praise God, marriage has become a lot about man. Just hear me out. Praise God. I hear that in some countries, in some in some um, tribes or some ethnic groups, okay, that it is the wife that marries the man, something like that, isn't it? Right? Indians, yeah, is the wife that marries the man in India? Yeah. Okay, okay, is the wife that pays the dowry? Okay. I even hear some, even in Ghana or something, right? I do something like that, you know. I, 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 okay, praise the Lord. And I hear, I've heard things like that. I don't know how true it is, you know, that in some ethnic groups in Nigeria those days, I don't know whether it is, that's the way it is now. Praise God. Um, the women, when somebody who is dear to you comes to, visit you, you know, part of the welcoming package. You can, your wife can be, you know, you know, can be donated to the other room to make the visitor welcome and comfortable to keep the body hot. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And then, uh, so, 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 so you see that a lot of things in marriage have to do with cultures. Amen. You see someone, a, a woman, 
excited that she's the fifth wife and will celebrate her wedding with pomp and pageantry. We'll be very happy that she's the fifth wife. Meanwhile, the other, in some other cultures, we're like, eh? In fact, the fact that you even have a girlfriend is a taboo. So you see different cultures. Praise God. In some cultures, they bring 21 tubers of yam. In some other cultures, it's 42. In some cultures, they will return the bride price. They will say they are not selling their children. In some other cultures, they say, ah, no. I sent him to university. I sent her to for masters abroad. <laughs> it's not that cheap. You must, you must draw so and so. Or you must build house. How many of us come from cultures where you have to build house for, for, the, for the in-law? Okay. So you see that marriage since the fall have been, has been subjected to different cultures. Different cultures different traditions. Amen. Hallelujah. And these cultures and traditions have been held and they are still held very secret. Okay. In fact, some can even tell you that it was God that told them that this is the way they should do it. Now, when we do not understand that, when we don't come to terms with that, uh, we will leave uh, confused when it comes to the issue of marriage. I remember many years ago, there was an argument amongst Brethren, and they said, you can go and marry in the court, but until you do church marriage, that marriage is not marriage. That was many years ago. <laughs> you must do church marriage. You must do the one in church. That's the one that the church recognizes. Hallelujah. So, there, so you, you, and you see how people who have such views. Praise the Lord. So why? Not because they saw it in the scriptures, but because it's just feel that, no, you, yeah, that's the one that God recognizes. And so, when they haven't done that, I remember some someone that got married, and uh, the parents, I think the person is even it's a couple in this church. I can't remember quite exactly, but I remember the situation. The parents said they are not coming for the church marriage. As far as they are concerned, 
they are they have given their daughter in marriage. The the wedding has, they have they already married after the they were already married after the traditional wedding. You know, as far as we are concerned, we are not coming to and they did not come. Okay, you want to go and spend money, go and spend money. You want to go to church, go to church. But we have not come here. And they did not come. As far as they were concerned, you've done a traditional year, carry your bags, go to your husband's house. So they said the person should go to her husband's house. And she couldn't go to her husband's house. She had to go and live, stay with somebody until after the church wedding. That was when she now said, okay, now I am married. And then an argument arose. Was he right? Was he not right? Could she have moved to her husband's house without the church wedding? (laughs) Praise God. So we see that even though, what's the point I'm trying to make? Even though marriage as an institution was created by God, okay, right now much of it is cultural in its practice. And so the belief systems and the practice in ma- the practices in marriage, they are a lot colored by human traditions, laws, and sentiments. Human traditions, laws, and sentiments. So, let me just beat around some. When God created Adam, okay? created, made Eve. The Bible says that he took Eve to her. And we did not see that he, to him rather, we did not see that he conducted a wedding ceremony. Amen. Did he conduct a wedding ceremony? What Adam just saw him. Saw her. And then uh, the adrenaline began to rise. Right? And uh, said, this is now bone of my bone. Someone said, that's the reason why, you know, who named her woman? It was not God. The Bible said, male and female, he created them. So, he saw her and said, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, you shall be called woman. Someone jokingly said that since that time, God has not taken any woman to any man because the one he took to Adam, Adam blamed God, said the woman you gave to me. (laughs) So you have, everybody has to look for his own wife. <laughs> so that then you won't blame God. <laughs> you know, praise God. And that's why pastors, we too, we have to be careful. Don't say, you must marry this person. Because if anything happens, the pastor is the woman you, or pastor is the man you give to me. 
You like him? Yes. You like her? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Have you prayed? Yes. Is Holy Ghost leading you? Yes. Eh, but, okay, as you lay your bed, so you will do what? Lie on it. We can only help you because the Bible says that those of us that are strong, we should bear the burden of the what? And not to please ourselves. But you see, in all, God's desire is that uh, our marriages, whether we are single or we are married, God wants our lives to be peaceful. Whether you are married or you are single, God wants your life to be peaceful. God's will is for you if you are if you marry. God's will is for you to be successful at it. What is the will of God? That if you are married, God's will is for you to be successful at it. Hallelujah. God spoke to the prophet Malachi. He said, he hates divorce. Doesn't like it. And I don't think there's anybody in his right mind or in her right mind that will like it. Praise God. Secondly, write this down. It's not everybody that must marry. You know, I said Bible says, and what? Those days when we say those, when we say things like that, they say, hey, Pastor, it's because you are married to real agents or Did you hear what I said? Yes, it's, you are free to desire to marry. And it's a good desire. Because marriage is not a command. God never commanded us to marry. In fact, Jesus said it's not everybody that has a capacity. Matthew chapter 19, quickly. Let's go there. Matthew chapter 19. Verse um, 11. Jesus' disciples from verse 10, message transition. Jesus' disciples objected. Now, the, we, we are still going to go back to the, go to, to the, to the, to the uh, discourse before. But let me just quickly bring this out. Jesus' disciples objected. If those are the terms of marriage, we are stuck. Why get married? But Jesus said, not everyone is mature enough to live a married life. Did you hear what he said? It requires a certain aptitude and grace. Marriage isn't for everyone. Tell your neighbor, marriage is not for everybody. Is it not obvious? Hallelujah. So, if you are married, it does not make you higher. If you are married, it doesn't make you better. If you are married, it doesn't mean that you have a, you have a, you, you have a special grace. No. Even singleness needs a special grace. Look at what Jesus said. Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Praise God. 
He said, some from birth seemingly never give marriage a thought. Have you met people like that before? They say, marriage. They are ready to do best man for everybody, but when it comes to them, like, like, ah. ah. Hallelujah. And then he says, others never get asked or accepted. Jesus is the one that said it all. And some decide not to get married for kingdom reasons. Did you see that? He said, some decide that they are not going to get married. The first Bible school I went to in 1990, you know, Dr. Kingter Princewell was the was the was the uh, um, the chancellor of the, the the one that started the Bible school in Ibadan. You know, I, I, she was a lecturer, history lecturer in in Department of History in um, UI. Not, not married. She had meanwhile she had married people around her. Never married. She's not going. To, she doesn't plan to get married. If I going to talk marriage around her, she's like. She don't, don't you feel anything? Some of us students were bold enough to ask her, don't you feel anything? Oh, yeah, I don't feel anything. <laughs> Hallelujah. See the way Paul, Paul puts it in First Corinthians chapter 7, quickly. It is a grace. Hallelujah. It's a grace. It's a grace. Glory to God. He said, verse 7, For I would that all men, that is all people, men or women, okay, were even as myself. But every man has his own proper gifts. One after this manner, and another after that. So, it says everyone has his own what? Proper gift. Give me the New Living Translation. Let's look at it. How it puts it. Praise God. Praise God. Not everyone. Yeah, not everyone. He said, I wish everyone was single, just as I am. Single, singles. He said, I, Paul, Paul, that we read after. He says, I wish that everybody was single. Pastor, I wish I was single now. I I wish that everyone was single. Just as I am, yet each person has a special gift from God of one kind or another. So, each one has special, what's the gift he's talking about? Celibacy and marriage. None is bigger or stronger or better than the other. And so it will be wrong for you as a married person to look down on someone who is not married. Because it doesn't make you better. Oh, come on. Culture tells us it makes you better. But not the scripture. Are you listening to me? 
culture has made culture and tradition has made us look down at people who are not married and think there is something wrong with them. No. The scripture says, I wish that everybody were like me, single like me. The pastor, I don't want that prayer. I remember 19, 19, 1988 in the church I was in. We were, we were having a, our singles meeting. And, and pastor, the, the governor of our singles fellowship then, we used to call, call him governor, brother Frank. Brother Frank said, oh, anybody here, you, you would like Jesus to come now? Talking to us singles. People said, no! Jesus should not come now. Jesus should not come. He shouldn't come. <laughs> I'm not married though. Jesus should not come. <laughs> because they say in heaven there is no marriage. So let me, let me experience it here. <laughs> you see how, that's how people think. Hallelujah. Paul, the two people that we read that, that lectured us or that taught us about marriage in the Bible were singles. Paul was single, yet we read after him when it comes to marriage. Jesus was single. Jesus shouldn't have married or else the wife would have been a widow at 33 and a half years. That wouldn't have been fair. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is that the reason why Jesus didn't marry? I don't know. That's just my own postulation. <laughs> imagine, imagine him getting married and every day he's preaching to the wife, I'm going to die one day. I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm going to be dead. And then, I will not leave you comfortless. I'm going to... <laughs> <laughs> oh, holy word <laughs> is the Holy Spirit I married <laughs> hallelujah so to save the woman out that brought trouble Jesus didn't marry amen we see, but they taught us so which means that you can be single amen and still be able to teach about marriage listen say well the best Teacher in marriage is experience. No, that's not true. The best teacher in marriage is the word. And anyone that can bring it out. Hallelujah. What is taught in the word is taught by revelation. And so revelation is for everybody. That dares to be able to enter into it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. So, we have established two truths. Number one. Marriage instituted, even though instituted by God right now, a lot of, a lot of the belief systems and practices are what? They are cultural. Number two, that you are married does not make you any better. There is no special advantage you enjoy with God when you are married. Ah, no, the Bible says that. No, 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 pastor. The Bible says that marriage, um, how did Solomon even put it now? He that finds a wife, Proverbs 18, who shall, he that finds a wife, finds a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. You know, 
I used to interpret that that there's a special favor inside marriage. Praise God. Listen, what is the special favor? Favor is favor. That you cannot experience except you are married. Favor is what? Favor. And you know when we think favor, we are thinking material things. So what is the material thing that the married person has that the single can't have? Hallelujah. Okay. So I say uh, children. Okay. So those that don't have children, is it that they are not enjoying favor of God? God is not partial. He's no respecter of persons. Are you listening to me? So we see how culture has really, really, and traditions of men and the things of men, thinking of men have really warped the way we think about marriage and the way we think about people who are married and those who are not married. Someone said there are people who are married today. They want to get out of it. Meanwhile, there are those who are not married. They want to run into it. So, in Matthew chapter 19, now let's go there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, many times when we read the scriptures concerning marriage, instructions concerning marriage, especially in the Old Testament, uh, we tend to, the, 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 mistake we make many times is that we think those inst- all those instructions they are all for us. Jesus in Matthew 19 was tempted by the Pharisees. Let's begin to read from verse 3. The King James Version. Please give me. Some Pharisees came and no, no, give me the King James Version. The Pharisees also came to him, tempting him and saying, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for any cause? Is it lawful? Take note of that word. Lawful. In other words, they are thinking marriage and they are thinking the law. Did you see that? They are thinking marriage and they are thinking the law. So they are thinking marriage, they are thinking about laws. So, why are they thinking that way? Because uh, they are unregenerated people. Who was Jesus we talking to there? Or who, who are those that came to meet Jesus? They were Pharisees. Doctors of the law. Of which law? The law of who? Moses. Right? Are you listening to me? Okay? He said, so is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? For any kind of reason? <laughs> so, <laughs> is it lawful for, 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 for any man to, I mean, you, you don't like your wife? Go to Deuteronomy chapter 24. Let me show you where they got this question from. What uh, triggered this question? Deuteronomy 24, verse 1. Where, where Moses gave some laws. Praise God. When a man takes a wife and marries her, and it comes to pass that she did not find favor in his eyes. Because he had found some uncleanness in her. Whatever the uncleanness was, will only be determined by the man. So you see that culture 
actually, the culture of old actually silenced the woman's voice when it came to marriage. And as it is even right now in several cultures. Then let him write her a bill. This is what Moses said. Then let him write her a bill of divorcement and give it in her hand and send her out of his house. Imagine. Like, um, you know, get out, get out. You are unclean. Whatever the uncleanness means. Okay, next verse. And when she's departed out of his house, she may go to be and be another man's wife. Next verse. And if the latter husband hate her and write her a bill of divorcement, so you see the reason why Jesus Christ recognized that woman in John chapter 4. He said, you have had five husbands. Take note, he didn't say you have had five men. He said you have had five husbands. So which means that Jesus recognized that each of those five men were her husbands. At, at, one, at one point in time or the other, they were her husbands. Hallelujah. Jesus recognized it. He, said, he just said that the sixth one that you are with, that one is not your husband. So you are just living lovers. But you have had five husbands. Oh, you say, ah, but I thought that Bible says that whatever God has joined together, let no man put asunder. So, so, so how come? Hallelujah. Uh, that, that's, what, that's why you see some, you say, eh, no, no divorce. You must never divorce him. Whatever God has put to join together, let no man put asunder. So it means that, you know, remember Jesus, Paul said that anybody that is joined to a harlot is what? Is one flesh. So which means that eh, men who have been sleeping around with different harlots, how many fleshes have they been joined together? So they've been joining and tearing and joining and tearing and joining and tearing until they can't even recognize themselves again. So you see the foolishness of some cultures that are even inside the church. I'm even talking about church culture too. You know, where they say, they say, no, you, whatever God has joined together. Who told you that it was God that joined it? Were you there when God said I've joined? Because they married in church, does that mean, mean that they have joined? God joined them? We'll see all those things. Hallelujah. And sent her out of his house. Or if the latter husband died, which took her to be his wife. Next verse. And the former husband, which sent her away, may not take her again. Which means that the first husband can't take her again. Even after the second husband dies. After, she, after that, she is defiled. For that is abomination before the Lord, and that shall not cause the land to sin, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. Next verse. Next verse. If a man should take a new wife, he shall not go out to war. Neither shall he be charged with any business. So which means that if you follow this law, if you are an employer, once your employee marries, you give him one year. He said he shall be free at home for one year. <laughs> so you just go and live for one year. And it's why to cheer up his wife. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. So if you want to follow this law, you must follow it to this verse 5. So go back to Matthew chapter 19. So you see, so you see where he, he came from now. That question came from now. Matthew chapter 19, verse, 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 verse 3, uh, or verse 4, something. The Pharisees said, next verse, next verse, next verse. And Jesus answered them, have you not read? It's not that they have not read, though. They have read. It means that have you not recognized it? Have you not understood it? Have you not accepted it? He said that he which made them at the beginning made them what? Male and female. Uh-huh. Next verse. And said, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and the two of them shall be one flesh. Uh-huh. Next verse. Wherefore, they are no more two but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Okay? Now, with this, cultures have emerged. But the first thing I want you to recognize is that who was Jesus talking to? He was talking to Pharisees, the doctors of the law in the days of when the Jews, I mean, within the Jewish culture. So Jesus was not talking to everybody. Jesus was not talking to the whole world. Jesus was talking to who? The Jews. And the laws and was expounding on the law that governed the Jews in their marriage. Hallelujah. So, I mean, were the Jews the only ones in the world at the time? No. There were other cultures. There were other cultures. But this one was specifically for the Jews. Amen. Hallelujah. In first John, sorry, in first Corinthians chapter 10, I think that should be in verse 32. The Bible talks about three kinds of people. It talks about the Jews, it talks about the Gentiles, and it talks about the church. Paul, in writing to the Corinthian church, he made reference to history. The church, the Gentiles, the Gentiles were non-Jews. And those who are, who are sinners, who are not born again, then he had the church. And then he had water, the Jews. So water culture is prevalent among the Jews was probably not prevalent among various cultures of Gentiles. Remember this is, uh, Jesus said at the beginning it was not so. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, he made them male and female. He didn't, he didn't make them male and then female subject. He made them male and female. Praise God. Paul said that we, we, he made us to understand that we are all one. We are all one and the same, on the same level in Christ Jesus. For in Christ Jesus, he told the Galatians, there is neither male nor female. But all of us are what? One in Christ. So there is none that is superior to the other. Genesis chapter 1 from verse 6, 26. When God said, let us make man in an image. In, in, in his image he created, he, he made them, and he created them what he made them, male and female. 
So, but in the context of marriage, in the culture of the Jews, Jesus began to expound to them. Oh, the reason why Moses, he said, they said Moses commanded that they can divorce. But Jesus said, no, he said Moses allowed or permitted. So because in the beginning it was not so, but we are not, the conditions are not like it was in the beginning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so we can therefore not apply. So, which means that the Jewish law was not the ideal marriage law. No, it wasn't. Because man had fallen. Praise God. The ideal marriage law, in quotes, was in Genesis before the fall. And take note, when he, he, when God made them and brought Adam and Eve together, did he give them any law? Hello? Did he give them any law? Uh, now, in your own culture, are there laws governing marriage? Are there laws governing marriage? There are laws that say that once the husband has a visitor, the wife must not be seen. Women can only be heard, but cannot be seen. There are some other, sorry, they cannot be, sorry, they can be, they can be seen. Where was Sarah when he was entertaining his, uh, Abraham was entertaining guests? He was inside the tent. But right now, hallelujah. Amen. Where is the Sarah? Where does Sarah stay now? When visitors. <laughs> Sarah sits with. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Sarah calls her husband Lord. How many of you have called your husband Lord in the last one week? Amen. Praise the Lord. So we see he was referring, he was making reference to the laws that governed the Jews. Now, it means therefore you cannot, you cannot use the laws that govern the Gentile. I mean, sorry, the church. Okay? To govern the marriage of the Gentile. Romans chapter 8. So an unbeliever, praise God. Well, let me start with the church. You can't use the laws of the Jews to govern marriage in church. And two, you cannot use the laws of church to govern someone who is not a Christian. No, you can't. Hallelujah. Because marriage is, I mean, will you now say, amen, that the person, you know, maybe in another culture where they have multiple, where you can, there are multiple marriages are allowed. Will you now say that the fourth wife is not a wife? A certain denomination, you know, in, you know, in Nigeria, tried to, 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 to use that. And it caused a lot of distress in homes. 
where it is said, if you are a third, second wife, if you are a third wife, you are not a wife. So therefore, you must what? You must leave the man's house. To where? After you don't born three, four children. How many people will come and carry old cargo? You, 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 and it cost, it's, it costs so much distress. Why? They were trying to, to use what is church law to govern men and women who were not saints at the time that they got married. So, when it comes to singleness, marriage, divorce, remarriage, cultures are different. So, for us, the church, we have therefore the question we now begin to ask ourselves is what? What's the law that governs the church when it comes to marriage? You can't be a believer marrying someone who is not a Christian and expect the person, Romans chapter 8, let's go there, and expect the person to be subject to the law of God. Hallelujah. What will it bring? It will bring confusion. It will bring heartache. Praise God. Look at it. Verse 5. Let's read from verse 5. From verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but those that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Uh-huh. Next verse. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Uh-huh. Next verse. Because the carnal mind, hallelujah, is what? Enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God. It is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. It can't. It can't. Hallelujah. It can't be subject to the law of God. Next verse. So then those that are in the flesh, they do what? They can't please God. So question, does that, 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 does that mean that every marriage, whether it's by a Christian or by a unbeliever, everyone is governed by God? No. Because if you are not subject to the law of God, how can God govern you? So anyone that is not subject to the law of God is governed by the law of man. Hallelujah. That's why, I mean, we have constitutions. Uh, we have, I mean, if you go and marry in court, uh, you, you, they have uh, constitutions, isn't it? The nation's constitution that will govern marriage. We have uh, those that do customary marriage now, depending on your culture. There are cultures that govern it. Hallelujah. And even, <laughs> even individual husbands have their own, uh, their own self, self-made culture. They're in my house. That's why <laughs> Paul said <laughs> in, in Romans chapter 7, he said uh, that, 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 that a, 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 ma, a woman uh, is free from the law of the husband after the husband dies. So there's what is called the law of the husband. 
And there are some of us, we have some laws that are very, ah, Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Even God himself will meet it, it, it over the law. <laughs> you know? Acts chapter 15, look at verse 10. That's how the laws of some men are. Hmm? Acts 15, look at verse 10. I just want to do that. He said, he said, why do you tempt God to put a yoke upon the neck of the wife which neither our fathers nor we are able to bear. That's how some men's laws are. They are like a yoke. Men shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Tell your neighbor he's not describing me. <laughs> are you bold enough to say if you are a man, say he's not describing, that's not describing me. <laughs> I believe the best of you. Praise God. A yoke that the woman cannot bear. Who was that? In the spirit. Praise God. So, so we see, therefore, the, what am I establishing? The first thing I want to establish this morning is that, see, when it comes to singleness, marriage, remarriage, divorce, and things like that, there are various laws that, that govern it, and therefore you cannot use one law for one person who is not in that, who, to whom that law was not written to. Amen. And for us as the church of Jesus Christ, we have first of all got to determine under which law will we Will the marriage institution be, uh, 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 will we live out in the marriage institution in our lives? Amen. Under which law? Under which law? Under which law? Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Write this down. God only governs the marriage of his people. God only governs the marriage of his people. God doesn't... Now, take note. It, I did not say God only sanctions. Amen. Once to a two or three men. That, no, not two or three men. <laughs> Once uh, a man and a woman, okay, a man and a woman, we have to emphasize that in this age, a man and a woman, not a boy and girl, not boy and boy, not girl and girl, not woman and woman, not man and man. No, a man and a woman, they, they decide they want to get married. Now, depending on their culture, okay, in some cultures, they don't need the consent of the parents. Amen. Isn't it? Yeah, in some cultures, you, you must, you, you, you know, once they fulfill the mandates of their cultures, they are married. Hallelujah. In some other cultures, once you, once the girl is impregnated, mm. oh yeah, carry your katako to your, that is your husband. <laughs> you know? And in some other cultures, they say, no, that's not, doesn't necessarily have to be that. Amen. So, but, here it is. God only governs that of his people. 
Write this down also. Jesus has fulfilled the law of Moses. Therefore, the believer is no longer subject to that law. Hallelujah. Jesus is no longer subject. I mean, sorry. Jesus has fulfilled it. All the law has been fulfilled in who? In Christ. Verse 4, Romans chapter 10. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Jesus said, I did not come to put aside the law. What did I come to do? I came to fulfill it. So it's been fulfilled by Jesus and it means which makes us no longer to be under to be subject to the law of what? Of Moses. And that applies to everything including marriage. So stop opening to scriptures that favor you. That favor your argument. Amen. Moses said, you are not a Jew. Amen. Hallelujah. So, what law, right now, I mean, you know, Jews cannot even keep that law any longer because there is no temple. There is no priest. There is no, no priest that can say, that will say, okay, this is null and void. No, no, they can't. Praise God. So everything, marriage right now in the world is governed by culture, tradition, laws of man. But like I said, there are three kinds of people. One, the, the Jews, the Gentiles, and the church. So what governs, what law therefore governs marriage in the church? John chapter 13, and we'll close from there. We'll close there rather. John chapter 13. Oh, glory to God. Someone following me here? John chapter 13, that should be, let's check verse 35. John 13, 35. John 13. Okay. Let's read it together. One to go. Let's read. Let's check verse 34. What does it say in verse 34? Yeah. Verse 34. Okay. Let's read together. One to go. A new commandment I give unto you. Stop there. A new what? What did Jesus call it? A new commandment. A new law. A new commandment I give to you. What's the commandment? Uh huh. That you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Next verse. By this shall all men know. That you are my disciples, if you do what? One for another. Romans 13, verse 10. 
Romans 13 verse 10. Let's all read it together. One to go. Love walketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. So, the, the, the commandment that governs the church are set by the head of the church, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is the law of what? Love. It's the law of what? The law of love. That is the law that governs us. John said, he said a new commandment you have been given. Then he now said, no, 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 it's not a new commandment. He said, it's the old commandment that, had, that was given from the beginning. And when the Bible refers to the beginning, it's referring to Genesis before man sinned. So, the law that God, and God hasn't changed, the same, the law that was to govern Adam and Eve, God didn't give them any specific law. The woman is supposed to be in the kitchen. The man is supposed to be the one bringing in the money. The woman is supposed to not, is supposed to keep quiet. You know, someone said, well, it's because the woman was giving freedom to talk. That's the reason why she went to put man into trouble. No, that's not true. The Bible said the woman was deceived, but man was not deceived. Because man did not take his place. Are you listening to me? I believe in my heart, it doesn't make, it doesn't stop anything anyway, that if Adam had not eaten, Eve, right, would still have been restored. You know, because when it was when the man ate, that was that their eyes were now opened. Praise God! It doesn't that doesn't that revelation doesn't take you to heaven. So if you don't <laughs> if you don't accept it, don't worry about it. It doesn't make any difference. Praise! That's just my own opinion. Praise God! Hallelujah! You know, but it's 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 not it's a, that's the old, that was the commandment that was supposed to govern Adam and Eve. The commandment of love. They jettisoned it. Amen. Man died. And so they have the nature of God on the inside of him. Amen. Romans 5 verse 5. Right? And hope make it not ashamed. For the love of what? Is shed abroad. In our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So man could not experience or live out the love, the love of God because he didn't have God on the inside of him. He was spiritually dead. But now that we are spiritually alive, we now have the capacity to be able to walk in love and do the love nature. Because it's our nature. It's the nature of God on the inside of a man. Hallelujah. So, so, so that's why we in the New Testament, uh, we are no longer governed by the laws of man. She said, said that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, joyfulness, goodness, meekness, patience, and all that. Okay, self-control. He says, against all these, against these, there is no law. In other words, there is no other law that supersedes this. So what should therefore govern marriage, your singleness, hallelujah, divorce, remarriage, and all that must be what? The law 
of love. So the question will ask yourself every time, anytime you think in that direction is, what will love do? Not what is, what do I think is right? Not what do I feel is right? No, I feel that the man, should, the woman is the one that must always be cooking for the wife. For the, sorry, for the husband. Hallelujah. But what we love do? Hey man, see the woman is pregnant, she's panting. <laughs> say, oh, oh, no, uh, you know I'm from Ekiti. You don't like you. You have to pound the yam. You know that's what I eat for, for dinner. Hallelujah. So what we love Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You shut up there. Where, 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 where were you when I was... You know, you know how long... I, I, I know more Bible than you. What we love do. Amen. So what governs the church, right, is what the love loves. So this month, we are going to begin to look at all those issues. Right? From where? From the pedestal, on the pedestal of what? Of love. Are you blessed today? Your marriage is going to be different. Amen. Because it's going to be subject to the love of God. Praise God. Let's stand to our feet and thank the Lord for his word.